Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Hey, Christina in California. How is it today? It is sweater weather. Like I said, girl, I love sweater weather. I finally can wear. So we're going to hear this all all until Christmas. Listen, I just want to be able to wear my boots, my sweaters, my joggers. I want to look super cute. Fall is great. Like I love fall. Love fall. Well, you know, fall is great for fashion. Mm -hmm. Fashion and friends. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today, friendship. friendship. And, you know, I've noticed that my needs for friends, what I tolerate in friends, what I want from friends, and who my friends are, are a little bit different in this season of life. Are you noticing that? Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm actually noticing, too, that I am seeking out more friends that have already been in this journey for a long time. Like a lot of my friendships seem to be like older women, like 60. Like me. Well, Is that well, what you're saying? No, 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 no. Because we're, we're still in that same, like, you know, a 10-year difference, you know, up or down. But I'm noticing- Look, she had to, you had to I, just go with that to just throw it. that at you. Stop you right now. You going. stop it right now because you don't even, you don't even look your age. So it's, it doesn't matter to me. And you don't act your age. Um, but, but here's the deal is like, I notice that I tend to gravitate to more women that are like in their seventies and beyond, um, because I'm, I don't know, I'm just in this mode of just like really valuable relationships. Well, girl, let's just get yeah. into it. Let's bring let's, in the experts. Let's do it. Back again to Midlife <laughs> Moxie is our, our friend, Elizabeth Duncan Hawker. And Elizabeth is an expert on friendship. She's also a business coach. She has a lot of accolades. But she wrote this fantastic book, Collecting True Friends. And when I got the book, I thought it would be one of those you just flip through and have some cute little quotes about friendship. No, this is a guide. And it has workable um, sections at the end of the chapters. And I love that because we're all about really evoking change here at Midlife Moxie. And when we had you on before, it was one of the our most popular shows. So we had to have you back. And so today we want to talk about friendships in midlife specifically, because for me, like Christina's talking about, there's definitely a change. There's definitely different things I'm looking for. So welcome back to Midlife Moxie, Elizabeth. Oh, what a pleasure. You, you two are one of my favorite sets of true friends. Yes. Oh, yes. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. And just so people know, we have the blonde, the brunette, and the redhead representing today <laughs> here on Midlife Moxie. So Charlie's we feel like angels. our circle's complete. There you go. Charlie's angels. We are. Oh, love it. Well, Elizabeth, you're in midlife as well, but I'm not going to be like Christina and oh, disclose people's it. ages. No, I'm just kidding. I'm 55. Christina's in her mid-40s. Are you 44 now? Uh, yeah, I'm about to be 45 in January. And so. I'm about to be 56. Yeah. Elizabeth, you can share or not. Yeah. And, and, you know, midlife just sneaks up on you before you know it. So it just happened to me. I turned 60. Yeah. 
and Woo! I don't feel 60. You I don't, you don't look 60. Mama. You do not look 60. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, that's, when you're a redhead, you wear sunscreen since you're 12. So hats <laughs> <laughs> and everything. So you take really good care of your skin. So redheads usually age well. But um, but I don't feel it. If somebody asked the other day, well, how old do you feel? And it just, and I didn't even hesitate. And I said 43. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wow, before awesome. that, it used to be 35. So it's. Somebody so, told me last week they thought I was in my 30s. And I'm like, absolutely. Come here and get some loving <laughs> from <laughs> me. <laughs> Okay, so it's, Elizabeth. It's not how much you look, though, Gail. It's about how you feel. And when you feel something, if we could just jump in on that right there, because that has a lot to do with how you attract people. Because when you feel really good in your skin and you also take care of how you look, and you're an expert at that, Gail, with your business, the way that you run it on the, um, and I don't know if we're not allowed to say brand names, but with your, your, expertise and in, in makeovers, we'll just say that, that you Thank do you. for women and teaching them how to take better care of themselves. When you take better care of yourself and your appearance and how you show up, it creates a curiosity. So for the women that are tuned in here and for the men too, that are listening to you, I got to tell you, it, when you look like you got it together and you look like you've spent some time not just rolled out of the bed and put on your husband's t-shirt and went to the market, but you look like you actually spent some time that you care about yourself. People are going to care about you. Mm-hmm. So people thank you. Gravitate to that that I don't now, some people can be intimidated. I'm not going to lie, but I think you're right. I think it says something, you know, when we keep ourselves up and that doesn't mean you have to wear a lot yeah. of makeup or anything, yeah. but you know, and I do think looking your best gives you more confidence, yes. whatever your personal best is and however you want to look. Okay. I want to look so a can, little more glamorous. Can I jump in on that one? Yeah. I mean, like if you're showing up and you're out in public and you haven't combed the back of your head and you got bedhead. <laughs> I want to talk. Okay. Now we know those people. Now I am okay. wearing homeless and bun today. This, here, is, this is my. She's pulling out all the studs, y'all. Just wait for but it. But it's clean. And you know, or you show up and you got a stain on your shirt because you haven't checked yourself in the mirror. Uh, so if, and, and I'm saying this from a perspective of love and kindness to all of our listeners today, I want them to understand I'm, I'm not being hateful. I'm being helpful mm-hmm. because I want you to understand that you are being judged. It's human nature. We have been doing this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years because judging one another was the way to keep mankind safe. Mm. We would have to judge from a distance. Does this person look friendly? Does this person going to do me harm? Should I get closer? Should I keep my distance? We all judge. We don't mean to. So if so, just spend a little bit of time and you would be surprised if you want to have better friends in your world or people that are really interested in you or you find you're not attracting the people that you'd like to hang with, you know, then take a look at what you're putting out there because I'm it really, and I'm glad you went down that, that rabbit hole, Gail, because it yeah, really we does don't matter. want to be, we're not meaning to be judgmental. We're not saying it's all about how you look, but I do think we put off vibes and yeah. one of my best friends on the planet, the funniest story is that she was interested in me. We went to the same church. She said, I saw the way you dressed your child. Now, my child was three, <laughs> but she saw a certain style and she thought we right. would get along. So we do and communicate. You also yeah, we do communicate through our efforts, how we look, how we present ourselves, our posture, how we carry ourselves, where we go, what we do, all these things. And they can repel 
or attract people, but I'm not saying you have to put on a bunch of makeup to make friends. Don't, don't mishear yeah. us and don't yeah, hang up people. Not what, we said. what we said is just make sure you look like you're put together. Just take, brush your teeth, brush your hair, make sure your clothes are clean. Your breath is fresh. Oh my goodness. How many people have you been at a networking event and you're backing it up? Right. Oh you know, you know and so, that's I mean, something just, I do teach women. Everybody yeah. needs their glam look, but everybody needs a five minute face. You need to know how, when you go to the market to look like yes. you wash your face <laughs> and brush your teeth. And there's some tricks to that. So let's just, so just talk about friendship in general, though. You're 60 yeah. now. What differences yeah. have you noticed in how you made and maintain friendships in your, say, your 20s versus your 40s versus your 60s? Because for me, it's been very different. So for you, what differences? It, well, actually, this is such a great segue in, into the reason why I wrote the book, if we could we could kind of move it into that for a moment, because I wrote the book because what we do in our 20s, 30s, 40s, so that when we turn 60, we have laid a foundation that's going to bring the right people mm-hmm. to us and that we're getting to the right people. So what the so to answer your question directly, what I've seen that's transitioned in the last decade in my life is that my level of uh, communication is getting a lot more direct with people that I want to see more of. So when I was in my 20s and 30s, and that's what Collecting True Friends is, which is that's the name of my book that I wrote, but it, collecting is, a, is an active verb, but just like you're walking on a beach and you're not picking up every seashell, you're going, oh, I like blue glass and I like scallops. You're picking and collecting certain things off the beach. That's the way it is with people. So what's happened in the last from, I'd say, 50 to when I'm 60 now is that I'm at the point that I go, you know, this is someone that I want to know better. They need to know it. And I make it really clear to the person, like, this is the second or third time I'm running into you. I'm fascinated by you. I want to to stick on that because I think when you say communication has become more direct, people go to the negative right away. They think that means, oh, I've just become more na-na-na. And that's not true because that's how Christina and I became friends. Mm -hmm. She reached out to me after we were involved in an event together and said, hey, I want to get to know you better. And I was looking for those kind of people. So I was an instant yes to that. Mm -hmm. So I think it plays into this as midlife women. My mantra is use your words. You're not a toddler. Use your words. Ask for what you want. (laughs) If you want to be friends with somebody, tell them. If you want to have dinner with someone, tell them. Don't be that girl that says, how says, because I've had these friends. Nobody ever invites me anywhere. And I'm like, well, have you invited anybody anywhere? Have you just planned your own event? Like I've planned my own birthday party before and invited the people I wanted where I wanted to go. That's how you get what you want instead of martyring yourself. And I think we become very good at martyring ourselves. They are. And Gail, what I've also found, though, is when someone pulled that on me and they'll say, well, you're doing so many cool things and must be nice and it would be nice. to," And I'll say, yeah, and remember I invited you to come to the aquarium event or invited you to come down to the ocean. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah. And then you see that in them like, oh, crud, she has been in, in fact. And, and then I'll say Because they like to, them, to use that as an excuse. They'll say, well, you're too well, no, it's not You're excuse, so busy. Life, you don't have time life, for they, me. I've heard yeah, people say that they to don't, me. Correct. And they're not seeing where someone has made the effort and made that connection. And I have told a couple of those people too, I'll say, that's why I haven't invited you to anything in the last year. 
And then they'll be like, what? Well, for me, it's- And I'll go, because every time I invited you to something, you never got back to me and told me if you were interested. I said, if you'd like to connect, I need on your side some participation. So oh, that's yeah. what, back to our comment about being more direct with people. So instead of just saying, well, I've invited you to some things and then having an attitude, I, I say to them, if you'd like to be part of that or hang out with us, I need you to participate, which means you need to RSVP. And if okay, you say you're going to go, you need to circle back to this because I've got a few things to say on that. But I want Christina to talk about like what made you reach out like that? What what was going on in your brain as a midlife woman that has, you know, mm-hmm. implored you to ask for what you want and be more direct and bold? Well, I, I think that... Elizabeth said it the best when she said, you know, um, I, I love the seashell analogy. You go, you're on the beach and there's a certain kind of seashell that you like to pick up. And for me, I like to pick up wisdom. It's That's like my number one thing. Like if you are wise or or if I see in you like this strength that I have as well, you know, I ask for what I want. And sometimes I get shot down. I get rejected. It's fine. I keep moving. And it's like those key things are very big for me. So you were like the blue seashell that I absolutely needed to have in my space and that I wanted to be in your space. So it it is over the years, I have recognized what I desire in my circle. And what I desire well, in my circle is no drama, <laughs> wisdom, <laughs> strength, and people that have already been where I'm going. Does that Don't make you sense? Want funny people? Well, it's because fun- I'm funny. Yeah, That's why you picked me up. I mean, funny. you are funny. But, but that is how like, I got in. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because that also requires you to be a strong enough woman to take a risk because yes. some people may not come back at you like you think they were would. But quality women will. And mm-hmm. that's what you got to know here. Those petty women may not, but quality women will recognize what you're doing and see see who you are. But well, and, the and, shell thing, you know, I was thinking about, you know, some shells look all pretty till you pick them up and you realize the bottom side's cracked. Well, that's, Or some shells you pick up and you're going to take them home and you turn them over and realize there's a crab living in them. Well, and and this is the other thing too. This is the other thing too is, is it a genuine connection or does this person want something from me, like a surface? So- Oh, we got to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. Yeah, we can. Let's put a pin in that because I want to definitely speak on that. I'm writing it down. Yeah, yeah. Because also with the shells, some of them I've carried in my pocket for a little while and then thrown back. So it wasn't worth taking home. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, there's that's that. kind of the way it is. You decide that. it's not the thing. But I want to talk about, like Elizabeth, you know, we're talking about as we have shifts in our lives, and a lot of us do in midlife, where we either become empty nesters, or we may go through a divorce, or we have a career change, or something, and things aren't the same in our life as they used to be. And I have found that some friends have difficulty with that. Like if that was a friend that you always had lunch with and you had your little lunch spot and that was kind of your thing in the way you connected, I've had friends who did not adapt well to not being able to do that anymore. And I can be guilty because like I have some friends 
I have one friend in particular, she went back to school, she started a career, and that had not been who she was. So she was now no longer available to have these hour and a half lunches with me at random and at will, because she has a J-O-B, and I'm like, mm-hmm. your job's messing up our life. But <laughs> for me, what that really defines the wheat from the chaff, because we have dinner now. We do different things. And flexible. Yeah. I think you've got to decide where you really attach to that activity when that person cannot do the same thing or do you really want to do you really value this friendship enough to and I don't know why it's coming through on my phone there can you hear me Christina mm-hmm. yes okay yeah, I don't know why the you know some people they are not able to be flexible and they don't want to find new ways to connect they're just married to that and if you can't give them that, you know, have you seen that happen in your life too? When, when there's oh, a shift. Sure. So, so absolutely. Because I, w- I used to be the corporate person, worked 60 hours a week and raised three daughters, kept my marriage thriving. I mean, it's, and, and when I went back and got my master's, which I think I must've just needed, needed a, a really. A push really to good, insanity. Good, yeah, I think I think I really needed someone to go, what are you doing? And actually, my best friend did say to me, her name's Terry, since we've been 14 years old, she's been my bestie. And, um, and it was interesting, because Terry says, I just need to know that you're going to take care of yourself, because this is going to require a lot of time. But my bandwidth was not my, I had no more capacity. So I had to let let my besties and my true friends be on alert that look, every 12 weeks, I have a 10 day gap and then we start the next, the next Mm. quarter for my master's program. This is when I would like to see you. And I would schedule things in advance to him. And Gail, it was interesting, the ones that would be flexible because they would support it. And then the people that would also say to me things like, I can't believe you're doing this. Are you crazy? So it was interesting. So you, so you have a choice when somebody is doing something as a true friend and says, Hey, you know, I'm, I can't go camping with you anymore. I don't have time for that, but uh, I'm taking up tennis because my doctor says I need to stretch more. I'm making this up. But it's like, so So would you like to go and try some tennis with me instead of us going camping? And this is when you find out when people are like, well, I've never played tennis. Yeah, I can kind of do that. Or do you think maybe we could camp once a year at least, but I want to see you. Or maybe you give up both of those activities and then you do something. But it was interesting to see over four years of night school plus working 60-hour work weeks, who was there at the end? Mm-hmm. Who was there at graduation? And- you, know, you, know, I'm, you know what I hear you saying, uh, Elizabeth, is that the relationship is an ebb and flow of, of, of each other. It's not just one-sided what you want to do. You have to really actively take part. I love this camping camping and tennis, it was like, hey, let me bring you along into my world and then let me also yield myself into your world as well. And so we can keep our relationship growing. And I think that so many times it's only one-sided. And I'm watching this. My mom and I just had a conversation this morning about friends. And um, my son, he doesn't have friends that he's had since, well, I take that back. He's got two friends that he has had since um, since grade school, but only two. 
and none from high school. And I looked at my life and I was like, I have I have a really good friend since I've had since grade school. I have a really good friend that I picked up in high school and we are still friends today. I could pick up the phone, I could call them. They would be like at a drop of a dime. And I feel like- Since we've been recording, somebody called and it was my, one of my high school friends. That's what I'm saying. And I feel like this new generation is- it's shifted because I don't see that they're that they're doing this. I give a little, you give a little to make the relationship grow. I would agree with that part of it, but I also see one of the main reasons why the younger generations aren't making the friendships connect enough is they're not making individual times. Mm. So every time you hang out in a group, it's like going to a party. So if you're always doing group things and there's always six or eight or 10 or 12 of you, you're never going to have that individual time. And and it's funny because I've always been the one putting on parties ever since I was 20 something. And it's, I mean, that's just, that's just who I am. However, now I'm realizing I would rather have two, two sets of friends come over and really have the six of us have some quality time and sit around the table and, you know, maybe finish a nice meal. And then like the other night, I got out the good bottle of something and we were just sitting there sipping and telling stories and laughing. And I mean, versus when you have 20 or 30 people like we've had all over the summer, too. So I think the young people need to realize it's like, OK, get to know them in a group, but make individual time to to get to deepen that relationship, because that's when you're really going to find out if this person is somebody you want to spend more time with that's an individually interesting point. or if they're a friend of convenience. And we talked about last time, ladies, in my book, there's a chapter that's called situational friends mm-hmm. and situational friends are the ones that you're forced to meet because like maybe you hung out on the soccer fields together or yeah. you were on the soccer team together uh, or you had carpool. an activity together. Yeah. yeah. Carpool or you were at work Office. together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you, that person's not working there anymore, or they're not in that activity, or you, they don't live in your neighborhood, they've moved out of state. So situational friends is another thing, too, that you have to make the individual time to let somebody know. I, I am kind of curious, though, and I'm going to throw a question to you all, because I don't understand why this continues to be an issue with people. What is it when somebody physically moves away? that relationships start. To oh, don't even off. get me started on this one, Elizabeth, because I've moved several so, times. And I, I had well, a very good friend with me. Just tell me she wasn't good at long distance. And she basically made no effort. Like she would not come visit. Right. She she wasn't one to try anything to really stay in touch. She was a girl that and lived in the want- same place her entire life. I think there must have been something threatening to her about that or... Let's talk about that, Gail, because, and I know you're moderating here, so I'm not trying to take over this. I just, I really want to throw this out for the listeners because I'm getting a ping in my heart. And whenever I get this, it's like somebody's listening to this today, that this message is just for them and they need Mm. to hear this from you all today. And Well, I want to tie into a few other things we're talking about. I want to talk about, well, first of all, I want to go back and say that everything I was hearing you say in this first part comes down to communication. And communicating as adult, mature women and using our words and being proactive. Because I had a time in my life that I did have to make a shift because the way I was conducting my social time was not getting me towards my career goals and my life goals. 
But instead of just stopping seeing certain friends and doing certain things, I told them in advance, hey, this is my deal. This is what I need to do. But here's what I can do. I can still meet you, but it needs to be planned in advance. I can't do lunch. I can't just call you 1125 and run out to lunch. So I let them know that it was not personal against them. Because I think we as women, we have so many insecurities that when someone pulls back or stops showing up or stops calling or inviting or whatever, we immediately think it's us. We immediately tell ourselves that story. Well, she doesn't like me anymore. Rather than saying, oh, what's going on in her life? And so a couple of things there. If we can be more proactive in telling people what's going with on with us when we're available and when we're not. Um, like I had that conversation with my friend who has a career now. And she's like, well, I can do dinner and I can do it these days. And we can do it with or without the men. So we just figure out what can be done. And the same thing with my friends. I was telling them, I can't have lunch, but I need to plan in advance. I need to come back home. I don't need to turn that into lunch, then the park, and then Target. And then it's time for another meal. Because um, I would do that. I would just get out having fun with my girlfriends. And I had some big goals to meet. And that wasn't serving me. And I had to be a big girl, make hard decisions. But the ones who loved me were understanding, and we walked through it and figured it out. But it didn't allow their brain, because once someone's brain takes off on an idea, it's hard to get the train back in the station. So I got in their head before the train took off and let them know, I love you. Nothing's changed about that. Things have changed on my end. So that constant communication, I think, is important. I also think we, on the receiving side of that, when there's a change, instead of getting mad and saying, she just doesn't call me anymore. She just doesn't like me. And I know we're sitting there going, who does that? We've done it. They've done it. it you listeners, you've done it. Well, she's just too busy. You know, we we get in this little snippy, this can, defensive can, mode. Well, you don't, know what, you don't know what to think. That's why I brought up the moving yeah. example because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling this But if we could just say, you this. know what? If we said what was truly in our heart, which is I miss you. Yes. I miss doing this with you. Mm. I'd like to see you. Those things are honoring and they pull people towards us. Whereas when we act little bratty, little bitchy poos, it doesn't. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't fortify the relationship and it doesn't say anything good about who we are as a person. It makes us look petty, demanding, jealous, all those things. I really like that you were, you were proactive in how you responded to people when things were going you know, a different direction in your life. And, you know, that's one of the things that I really suck at, you know, when things are going in a different direction in my life, it's really challenging for me to say, hey, like, it's not you, it's me, you know, and, um, and, and I, and I end up hurting people's feelings because they think that, they're not important in my life. And it's not that. It's just, yeah, like I don't last know how week to when you can't it. answer your phone. Yeah. I was not it, happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was not, I was not feeling good at all. It was just like, she was super, sick, but she didn't tell me sick. she was sick or going to be sick. She just suddenly was not available when I was having a mammogram trauma. <laughs> so. This is no, just not She good. was like, you don't care. I'm like, I care. I'm sorry. I was just feeling sick. And I just, I'll just think that people know and they don't know you've you've got to communicate that and that's that's something that i've always i think struggled with and so i really love that um that you're able to do that and i think a lot of times the reason why i struggle with it is cuz like i don't want to answer any more questions like this is what it is can we move on 
Because you're you go to Jenny from the hood and you've got to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And especially those feelings. And I'm the eight. I'm gonna we're gonna get this all out on the table <laughs> and we're gonna be direct. But communication well, is really that, key. But it also Go ahead, Liz. Sometimes you're moving at such a. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, go sometimes, ahead. Sometimes you're moving at such a speed of light, though, when you're dealing with an issue. And you saw that's what I was working through with this summer. And I loved it, Gail, when then you reached out and you were like, hey, I haven't heard from you. Where are you? What's going on? And I all I was able to do was just give you some snippets of like, in the middle of huge this and big moves and family that and 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 then I loved it because then I hadn't talked to you in like another six weeks. And then you, I loved it the day you texted me and you said, are you alive? <laughs> and I just laughed. That's one I of my comments. I say, are you alive? Mm-hmm. The next yeah. one is, am you I know, blocked? You just want proof of life. <laughs> yeah. Just have set, I been set blocked? Your red lock hair. Like, you know, just. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of thing that when somebody is going through something, I think sometimes not pressing them so hard for details. I know that's today's message is like, what do you do? Uh, being older uh, in your middle life, how do you keep these maintaining these fabulous friends? And sometimes when women are gunning, going through major things at the speed of light, there's no time to sit down and give all the deets, but they should at least raise up their head to say, hey, like in my case, parent moved in, having to take two households into one, you know, meeting six speaking job application uh, opportunities. It's like, so, you know, it's like, can't talk now, you know, love and hugs, talk soon. I mean, we can talk in snippets. We can send a text. We can send a card, if, you know, as you're, as you're sitting in the airport waiting to get on the flight. You can scribe a card and stick it in the mail. You can do something. You, or, or for goodness sakes, you can order something on Amazon if you've really neglected somebody. I mean, what does that take? 15 seconds and you could send them something thoughtful, a box of candy or something to their house on Amazon. No, Elizabeth, I like what you're saying there. And and I think when we're on the other side of that, we have to receive things and be okay. Like I could have gotten offended and said, if I wanted to be, you know, pissy and said, well, you should tell me more, you know, no, people are not obligated to tell us more. Yeah. And they will tell us more if and when they can and desire to. What we want to do is let people know, whatever you're going through, I'm here. And I feel like yes. that's what you received from that. Hey, you're missed. Absolutely. But it wasn't in a snotty Absolutely. way. It's just, are you okay? Hey. It's okay to ask. We well, should be also, asking people, are you okay? So this is a really good point you're making here, Gail. And this is when somebody acts outside of their norm. So this is what I teach people when I train them on body language and, and the art of elicitation and how to read people, okay, because you're talking about communications and I'm a communication expert. So you can't just make an assumption that if somebody moves their body a certain way, you have to look for a baseline. Mm. So what we just described was if somebody's baseline in their friendship is they reach out and they talk to you once a week and then all of a sudden they're not, now you have a deviation and it's not congruent with how, I'm going to talk geeky for a moment, but that's not congruent in how they normally act. So then you go, okay, something must be up. But I have some, some true friends that I don't speak to for maybe five, six months. Yeah. And it's like, so that's our baseline with that. And I'm cool with that. And they're good with that. And when we do pick up the phone, oh, good God, it's like an hour, an hour and a half on the phone, you know, so four hour dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So just pay attention to what the baseline is. And then you'll have a really good feel for like, okay, is this person acting outside of it? But I think what where the, the friction comes in, particularly with women, is when one woman is more needy 
at meaning that she wants more time, more frequency. So if you go back to my example of like when I was getting my master's and I was working full time, there were some friends that I just could not be that level of frequency with them. And, and they just, we couldn't, I couldn't give it to them. So it's like, I could give it to them on my terms or my schedule. And it didn't mean I wasn't available and I wouldn't fit them in, but it just meant that's not how I could fit them in. Now that I'm, I'm a consultant working my own schedule, I have a lot more time to do that. But yet when you're, when you have a rigid schedule, but if they can't, if you've got friends that you want to see more of them and they can't give it to you, then you have to reevaluate. So are you being unrealistic and are you willing to accommodate to keep that friendship? Or are you going to keep pushing that person to the point that they go, I can't fit you in and you're making me feel guilty. And then they're going to let go of you. You know, one of the things that I love that you just said is that, um, the, what did you say? It's like, uh, you know, where are they at versus where are you at? And I will tell like the neediness, I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. I, I collect friends that are not needy. Like you need me, but like not at the level of like you need me all the time, you know, because I know that for myself, I only have so much bandwidth as you were talking about to give. And so if you are needy, I just, I I don't have the space. And there's a difference in having a need and being needy. Absolutely. We all have needs. Absolutely. And there should be like you Elizabeth said earlier, ebb and flow about mm -hmm. that. And I want to clarify this too. So what we can do if somebody wants more of us. So for example, if they, if they really want more of us and we can't get it to, one of the things we need to do is be super uber present when we are with them. Yes. So just remember like the kids, remember we were raising our children. It's like, mom, mom, let me tell you about it. And we're trying to write this or cook that and do that. Oh yeah, honey. Oh, that's great, honey. And, And then what we realized is if we actually stood still in the moment and listened to the child. That's all yeah. it took. They just wanted to have like eye to eye contact for two or three moments. And then they'd be like, Oh, gotta go. That's so be really super uber present with your person that, that is saying, I value you so much as a true friend, because it may just be, it's not that they want more frequency. It may be that they really need you to see mm-hmm. them. And um, what, what was the movie Avatar where it was like, I, the, their gesture was, I see you. And it's like, so I had a friend say over here this weekend, um, a fellow author friend, beautiful person. Her name's Corinne. And it was interesting because she comes up to after me after the dinner we were, we were doing together and she goes, so how are you? And, you know, and I gave the, well, we're working through something. And, and then she just looked at me and she was really like intently staring into my eyes. She goes, no, I mean it. Like, mm-hmm. how are mm-hmm. you? so much change the last four months, you know, and grabbed me by the shoulders. So when somebody sees you, you can do that to somebody that, so it doesn't make them, and maybe needy wasn't the right word, but they need you to be present. So really see them and listen to them and give them your uber attention. And when you do that, it may be enough that they're okay for three weeks or or a month or two months. But it's when we, it's like when somebody's trying to tell you something, and I'm sure you ladies have had it happen, and, and to you listeners out there, have you ever been telling somebody something and you're, it's so private from your heart, you feel like you're leaning in and you're expressing it, and then you finally get it out, and then they talk about something else? Yeah. Well, when that happened to me in the past, I've actually said to that person, I go, I don't think you just heard me. You know, 
I like, for example, and I, Gail, I think I used this last time with is, is when I would tell the people, I'd say, I'm writing a book. And I was, and see, I just gulped just remembering that, that, that when I was telling him that I was scared to death to tell people I was writing a book because I'd never written a book before. I didn't know if I was going to be a bestseller. I was scared to be, so for me to be bold enough to tell somebody that and the people that actually stood and were uber present were the ones that I remember today. The ones that glossed over it with, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to tell you about what my kid's up to. And it was like, wow, I just told you like a major earth fact. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're standing naked in front of somebody and then somebody doesn't, you know, want to like see you. So, so when you're, someone's being vulnerable, they share with us, they may have a health thing. They may have a question about how to handle a situation. They may be getting ready to do something exciting, something daring, something scary. When yeah. they do that, we just need we just need to talk and really see them. And that's that's what will fix the need. Well, we're going to take a short break and hear from some people who make our show possible. And we'll be right back with more on friendship. If you walked around on pool decks and in the sand all summer, wearing those cute little sandals and going barefoot, then your feet may look like mine and they may need a little love and care. In comes Sandbar Hand Care. This is a special foot file that will get rid of those calluses on those feet and leave them feeling smooth. So if you're crawling into bed at night and the heels of those feet are catching on the sheets, go order yours now. This metal file gently buffs away that dead skin. It removes just enough to really make a difference but not leave your feet sore. And it even comes with a salve to apply after you've gotten rid of that dead skin. I'm already thinking of who I'm getting this for Christmas. They sent us one to try and I fell in love immediately. And mine's even pink. How could you go wrong here? So ladies, head over to sandbarhandcare.com. That's sandbarhandcare.com. And use the code MOXIE15 and you'll get a discount on your order. And all those gifts that you pick up for the holidays. Now back to the show. And we're back to Midlife Moxie, and we're here today with Elizabeth Duncan Hawker. She wrote an amazing book called Collecting True Friends, and it's really not just a book you just saunter through. It's really a guide. It's really a workbook. And Elizabeth, we've been talking about midlife and how friends change, and we were just talking about people being needy or having needs. And I think as we mature in life, we find out more about ourselves and one of the best ways we can love other people is to find out more about them. So I wanted to just insert here that when you learn things like people's love languages and the Enneagram, and you know what their true needs are in life, you can love people in better and different ways. Because some people, like you were speaking about in the last segment, you know, just giving them that shot of quality time versus quantity time. Some people just need a really good conversation. Some people need to go do something fun with you. Some people need to get away. Some people need, uh, you know, a blast back to something you used to do together or something you share together. So if we really want to be true, deep, rich in our friendships and relationships, knowing what another person needs can be a critical part of that. And then you can easily give them that. 
because sometimes they don't, like you said, with a child, they don't need us to take off half an afternoon to go shopping. They just want to have a quick 30 minute coffee or even a phone call. I have some friends that a phone call is just so enriching. I have one friend, if I call her, she says, why are you calling me? Text me dork like everyone else. I mean, that's literally the the text I get from her. She will not talk on the phone. I'm like, well, if I'm calling you, I'm dying because I know you won't talk on the phone. But knowing people and knowing what they truly need in the relationship. But with that, I wanted to also talk about, because you mentioned moving, ease versus effort versus expectation. Because I do, don't you believe, Elizabeth, there are people that are along for the ride as long as it's easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's the question of if, if that's what I call, some people call fair weather friends. Mm. Oh, and you just need to make up your mind. Is this somebody that's a fair weather friend? Because not everybody's supposed to be a true friend. That's why the book is collecting true friends. It's not just collecting friends. So there's some people that you're going to have that are going to be absolutely your true friends. They're going to have that. But then you're also, you're just going to have some friends and they're fair weather friends. And they're not there that you're going to call. They don't want to know the details. Like, you know, if, if you're moving, if you're having marital problems, if you're, if you're, if your boss is a jerk, they don't want to know that. They just want to know that you're going to show up and play the card game or that you're going to go to line dancing with them and you're going to be there Tuesday night and that you're going to bring the salsa dip that you make so well. That, that's a fair weather friend. And when, when we confuse the two, then it gets difficult and that they're in for it when it's easy, when it gets tough and icky and hard or too personal. They're not the people that, that you should keep in your life because it, that's, I mean, unless it's just you want to go line dancing with them and I'm making that up, but. Yeah. You know, too, I think there's some indicators there, which, because, you know, we got it. I think, you know, I've told you this before, my friends are in concentric circles and you have your inner circle. Right. So, I mean, these are my ride or dies, my everything. And then it goes out from there and I laugh I'll say, you know, somebody just got demoted or somebody got promoted <laughs> into the inner ring. It's funny. But I think, first of all, let's say it's okay for someone to be a fair weather friend or what I call more Absolutely. of an acquaintance friend, Absolutely. a situational friend. And they, There's not saying they're a bad person or that those Gail, r- relationships cool don't part, have value. The cool part about that, too, is they are a good inventory for you to look at if you're trying to harvest true friends. Yeah, because it could be that that person now has time for you. It could be that they've just finished raising the five kids and working those long hours and finished this. And now all of a sudden they have some time and some bandwidth and they they like you that well. And, And here's the big thing. Your values align. And when your values align and you have a fair weather friend. And you see that, then you, if you both express, express mutual interest, you already have a foundation established. You already have trust established or you wouldn't have been friends. So it's just the question of where you're going to go next with that relationship. So that's a great inventory to pull from instead of starting all over and having to learn all about somebody. You've seen, mm-hmm. for example, you've seen their kids be raised. You know where they live pretty much. You know something about them. That's a great place to start. So there's nothing wrong with having them. That the, what, what gets tricky with women is particularly is we expect more from them than they're capable of giving. So just make sure that, that you understand that word that expectation. Yeah. Ease, effort, expectation. 
And I think let's, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the expectations we may have and some flags that may not be like if someone, if we just don't see them and we just don't have time, that's one thing. But I think there's some other ways that we can look at those relationships to tell if these are, you know, level one inner circle friendships or more friendship acquaintances. And for me, it's, are they willing to go deep with you? Like I've had people that, you know, you're me, you're having coffee, you start talking, you're telling them your deep wounds and they don't reciprocate with theirs. To me, that's a flag that this person's not in the same place as me. Well, kind of like when I was telling you that I was bold enough to share with somebody that I was writing a book, I was scared to death to voice that because, because, you know, that little voice inside of you is going, well, what if it doesn't happen? Just like when I was bold enough to say, I'm going back to get my master's. Because people remember when you throw a big, audacious, big, hairy, audacious goal out there. And then you get embarrassed with like, well, I thought you said you were going to. Well, I thought you, you know, you don't want anybody to throw that back on you. So, yeah, absolutely. That's the point that then we need to just be real, real easy with them with like, okay, I was vulnerable with you. I shared this with you, but don't judge me. (laughs) Well, if you're not willing to go deep with me, that tells me we're not aligned at this moment. Also, but also, Gail, there's trust. And there's, mm-hmm. I have some people that it's taken me years because, and that's in the book too. I call it roadblocks. Yes. Just because I want them to be deeper with me, they've been so hurt or there's something going on there that they're scared to give you any information. Yeah. So they're happy to be your solid rock to help you while you need it and go deeper, but it's going to take them a while to build that. I'm going to share with you why I'm so hesitant or how but I've over been time. Or, if someone doesn't yeah, open up for time, me, yeah. that makes me recoil. And it tells me we're not emotionally on the same plane at this time. Fair? At this time. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you can't be especially if you see them moving towards that. But I'll say this because we were talking about expectations and, you know, in been talking a lot about this today, but in the business that I was in um, prior to opening up my own company, I noticed that I had a lot of fair weather friends, like people didn't really care. I mean, they cared, but not to the extent of like, I cared about them. Because I really thought that it was like this more um, – because of the company, because of – I know I know what do, you're – Do you you're know what I'm saying? Towards there it's, because it's like – I have had friends. They were my friend. Only if it benefited. As I provided something to right, them. Right, right. And that's what I've noticed over the last, I would say, few weeks is that people have been reaching out um, – because they want something now from me. But I think this me. also applies to what Elizabeth said about moving. Mm-hmm. When I moved, for some people, I no longer could feel the need they had, like yeah. having lunch all the time. Yes. Or yes. being their girl that they did this with. And so because I could no longer feel that need for them, then they no longer had a need for me. And that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Or, you know, I if I left a position... Oh, well, I no longer was getting all these things oh, done for you or benefiting you. So you had no need for me. And those situations can be extremely heartbreaking. And I don't know that there's a way to avoid that unless you're just really uh, open going into it. You mentioned priorities. I think that's another way that we can 
you know, not be in the same circle. But also for me, it's not time, it's time alignment. Like we all have certain time. The question for me is, what are you giving time to? Hmm. For instance, I have this one friend. I know she's very busy, but I also know she's doing this and I see her do that. And that tells me you had time and you did not choose to call me or spend it with me. Right. If you truly don't have time, like my friend who was working and going to school and in a new marriage, she did not have the time or the bandwidth. But when you see your friend all over social media, who's doing this and doing that and doing this, but it's never with you, then that says you're not in alignment time-wise. That person's not willing to give you their time. So that can, again, be a red flag that you're not in the same concentric circle. they're, They're considering you more of a level four, and you may be considering them a level two. And they're not, if, if they have time and they're unwilling to give it to you, that's an indicator of their willingness to be in the relationship and make effort to be in the relationship. Okay, but, uh, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you the contrast to that though. So, because here's the thing, there's a lot of times that I will post something and it looks like I'm having great fun and I'm out here, say I'm at the opera. Okay. Blah, blah. Then, or I'm at. Um, the ocean front, or I'm at this concert or whatever. A lot of that's work related. Mm. So I've had to sure. tell some of the friends that they're getting their noses out of place that you haven't been able and we haven't <laughs> been able to. And I'm like, yeah, all that stuff you saw that I'm having to post, except for the time when I'm on the beach with my husband. Yeah, that's work related functions. I was speaking at this event or I was, I was a sponsor at this or I was invited by the banking institute. Yeah, it's, and, and they were like, Oh, I even had one person say to me, she goes, well, I wish you'd invite me to all those parties you're having. I'm like, what parties? She goes, I see all the cars out front of your house. I had to set her straight. I go, those aren't parties. That was that was a networking meeting I was hosting. <laughs> oh, but she was busy telling herself that I didn't have time for her. And I'm like, girl, I am running down this business. And I'm getting this, these are necessary things. So it's interesting that, that people will make assumptions. And You're I so agree right. with you, Gail. But, and we but, do have to but communicate. Yeah, but like if, we do have to, we have absolutely. to know we're not making an assumption that this is real. You know, we we do have to do that. I just think that's yeah, a good, at, that's, can be a good marker that. But you, and, know, you know what? You're, you're, you're right on track that we do need to ask. Because, for example, I've asked another friend that I wanted to see, that I kept booking things and that she kept canceling and this and that. And finally, I did ask her, I go, look, it looks like you're constantly doing stuff here and there because I did see some things where she was telling me, and you know what, that's, and that relationship did last because she said to me, yeah, you know, ever since you've left working here, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I just can't seem to I don't know. It's just you and I are in different places. I think her words mm. were. And it was I think that's another measurable is when they constantly cancel, don't show, oh, don't call if they say they're going to, don't, whatever they say they're going to do next. Like, I'll call you next week. And every time you see them at the market, oh, I'll call you next week. We'll get together. When that constantly happens to me, they get moved to an outer circle because I'm like, they're not willing to make the effort to be in this inner circle. So I want to give your listeners this great word. Yeah. (laughs) Here's a way you can find it. If someone is going to blow you off, you ready? Trying. 
If anybody ever says to you, I'm going to try to call you when I get home, I'm going to try to set up lunch. I mean, then don't even hold your breath, ladies and gentlemen, do not hold your breath. That person has no intention. And if you're using trying in your vocabulary, stop it. Take it out of your vocabulary, either do or do not, as Yoda says, but do not continue to tell people you're going to try to do something because when I hear it now and it's a tested, true concept, I removed trying out of my vocabulary last year. And now... When I hear people say that, I think, great, I don't even have to put that on my schedule. I won't hear back from them. And every time it's happened, because people don't realize, so if they don't want to do something with you, they're going to tell you they're going to try to do that. If you ask your boss for a raise and he says, I'm trying to get you a raise, do not believe it. He's just told you he's not going and doing squat. That's my buzzword for today. I love that. Try. (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about asking. And being bold and just kind of getting, you know, what you want. And that's one of the best ways to not be disappointed. You know, women like us who um, are take the initiative types, we can plan our own things. You can, instead of saying no one does anything for my birthday, Mm -hmm. plan your own birthday party and do what you want to do. And so if no one invites me to dinner, you be the initiator. Because sometimes we are not the initiators. And also sometimes there is a change when someone has always been the person in the group or the friendship that plans the events Mm -hmm. or gets people together or that person always calls you. I can tell you from being that person, it gets exhausting. Sometimes I want you to call me. That says Mm -hmm. you truly care about me. So make sure you are making that effort that you're not just always the recipient girl and you're always waiting for someone else to put together a girl's lunch or a trip or a nice coffee. And and Gail, here's the thing. You know 12 months ahead when somebody's birthday is. It's not a freaking secret. Okay, you knew because 11 months ago you celebrated their birthday. So how easy it is that just to text somebody and say, hey, Next month is your birthday coming up. You know why? Because 11 months ago, you celebrated. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in your daggone phone. Be a true friend. So all you have to do is text me and say, hey, Elizabeth, your birthday's coming up in November. What would you like to do? Mm -hmm. I love that. Where would you like to go? Be like Gail's saying, don't make me have to say, hey, my birthday's coming up. I mean, daggone it. You know, unless you're a brand new friend. You should know my birthday's in November, which it is, readers and listeners out there. <laughs> but so if you need to, if you on. need to plan your own, plan your own. If you, plan if you your own and quit feeling sorry for yourself. Don't wait for somebody it, else. But no. I do think there's something to that, just putting forth the effort. I do think good friendship and relationship requires effort. And in midlife, I want to do different things with my friends. Like I want sometimes to just go sit on a beach and do nothing for a day or two and just talk to her. That's all I want. And so if that's what you want, that's what fills your cup. Tell people that's what you want. Claim that, make it happen. Don't just sit back and say, I'm lonely or I miss talking to people or, you know, I'd like to go somewhere. Just make it happen. But also Ask those questions. What would you like to do? And be open in this season. What I really love is doing different things. Like I have a friend. She has a birthday in November and I have a birthday in December. 
combined. Or wait a minute, hers is October. It's coming up. Anyway, (laughs) we decided the last two years we've split the difference and planned a little girls trip, an overnight somewhere or an event that's in between our two birthdays. Perfect. And we've really just enjoyed that. Neither one of us needs gifts, but last year went to the Biltmore house and saw the Christmas lights. This year we're going to see the B-52s. And um, because it falls right in between our birthdays. And so, guys, you can get really creative with this stuff. You don't have to throw someone a party. You don't have to. Heck, I've even, like you talk about those friends that live out of town. Sometimes I will just Venmo a friend a little money and say, have lunch on me for your birthday. That just tells her, you matter to me. I'm thinking of you. I'm celebrating you. This is what I can do in this situation. And sometimes those little bitty things especially coming from afar, That's mean beautiful. as much as the person who put together a dinner party. So I think we, in this season, we need to be creative. Um, I gifted That's someone awful. else a portrait. I took a picture of them. Oh, that I was had pretty. had it been sent to their house. Yeah. They didn't expect it. It was for their anniversary and some thank yous. And, you know, we have opportunities to love people if we just will make the time and effort. Now, I have some friends who say, and I want to see what you say to this, I'm just not good at that. I'm not good at putting stuff together and planning stuff. What do you say to that, Yeah, Elizabeth? it's an excuse, and the, and your listeners are probably going to think I'm pretty direct on this one. But the other excuse is when you meet somebody and then they say, oh, I'm so bad with names. Well, you know what you've just told me? I don't matter to learn my daggone mm-hmm. name. You can, if you're standing there talking to me more than five minutes, I don't care if you ask me five times, what was your name? What was your name? I'm going to tell you. Now, I just need you to learn my name. There's nothing sweeter than when we hear the name recognition or the next time we so see true. somebody, they go, oh, that, Christina. That is so true. Damn. So when well, people he says, say, I'm willing to I'm put in the effort. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just not good at that. You're so thoughtful. I'm. You know what? You're good at something else, but be a good friend. So find a way you can be a good friend, but no, I'm sorry. That's just lazy. It's just an excuse. Just just find something you're good at and be a good friend. So if you're not good at sending a card, then be good at sending a text. If you're not, or walking their dog or finding some way to be thoughtful and loving to them in a different way. I mean, that they can call up FTD and get flowers delivered if they're not good at doing something creative. I mean, oh, I would love I mean, that. You know, I can love people in a lot of different ways. I remember... Several years ago, I had a terrible anxiety about tornadoes. I still don't like them at all, but I was really messed up about them. Like if they said there was any chance of a tornado in my town, I was, un- I was, you know, in a, a, in a cave somewhere. But I had a friend here who had a basement. She wasn't even, at the time, a super close friend. She was a situational friend through our child's co-op. But she said, well, I have a basement. Just come over. And she allowed Aww. me, my child, my dog to come over and hang out all afternoon. Oh, she's a friend for life. Because she had a basement. She is a friend for then life. Then she even let us spend the night there. She went so far as to give me a key to her home and say, anytime you feel scared, come. I Isn't that met, wonderful? That is one of the most deeply meaningful things someone has ever done for me. And, you know, it didn't because really cost monetarily. Yes. And she didn't judge me. In my craziness, because I was crazy at that moment. But she put salve on that wound. Mm -hmm. And she allowed me to be as crazy as I was at that time and 
show love in a such a giving, compassionate way. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. So let's talk about. That's a great way to become a true friend because people always say, I don't know how to become somebody's true friend or I don't have true friends. So many times in what you just described, Gail, was you're presented with opportunities, but they don't listen. So remember when we talked a few moments ago about really be super uber present, be super uber present so that you hear that. Because if you'd said that about the tornadoes and I went, oh, gosh, that's weird. Hey, what do you think about my dog? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And you would have been like, okay, I just told her about like, this is a childhood thing I'm scared to pieces about. And she blew me off. That it happened. Believe me, you. it happened. Yeah. She heard you and she responded to you. That was the perfect opportunity for her to become a friend for you. And that's where people miss it. And that's when they don't get to collect the well, true and friends. I think, I, I think that there's a difference between hearing somebody and really genuinely listening because because I hear people but to really listen is on a whole nother level it's like when you ask somebody I think we we talked about this earlier but it's like when you ask somebody how are you doing you know your friend asked Mm -hmm. you how are you doing you know well and sometimes we blurt out our stuff at a time where someone's not capable of hearing right Christina and I had this happen last week (laughs) She was sick. Oh, yeah. I felt so bad. Like, she... <laughs> I got called back from my mammogram and had to have a repeat oh, yeah. mammogram and ultrasound. And I, it was, a, it was traumatic. It was a long day of two hours of poking and prodding to get cleared. And I'm telling Christina and she's like, oh, yeah, I guess you just worried about that too much. And then she went on. I'm like, ah. oh, boy. <laughs> So a day or two later, I'm like, you really hurt my feelings. But see, that's what will happen. We will talk about it. Mm-hmm. And she was really sick. She's like, I was so sick. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. And I told her more about it. And she's like, oh, gosh, that is terrible. So sometimes we have to give our friends another chance and we have to yeah. apply some grace. But communicate about it. We Don't do. harbor it. Just circle back and say, yeah. hey, when that happened, that really hurt my feelings. You know, and, you know, we walked through it. But here's and the you know, sometimes people just don't hear something like back to Christina's point, because for example, she may have heard, because sometimes connections bad, sometimes she's distracted. Maybe mm-hmm. she was driving. She was retching. She was she, right. I mean, and, and then sick. you, we think because I've had that happen and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you said that you were being fired. I thought you said that you just wish that some days you'd be fine. Oh, you know, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I just missed that. Like, so there's sometimes, so if you think that your friend isn't responding at the level of the magnitude, then make sure you're coming back just like I did with the, with the, I'm, I broke down and told someone I was going to write that book. And then they kind of just dismissed it. And then I'm like, did you hear me? I said, I'm going to write a book and be a bestseller and I'm scared mm. to death. Did you hear me? And then she was like, oh, well, you know, I don't even know how to respond to that. And then she was vulnerable back to being deep, Gail. And she goes, well, I'm sorry. I don't even know what that means to be an author or what that would. And I I didn't know what to say to you. And I think that's a mistake we made. Do not expect things from people that they are not capable of giving you. And if they don't have any understanding of your industry, your skill set, your job, your career, you have to understand things may be lost on them. And so sometimes we need to give our news to people that it matters or yeah. 
we have to frame it up in a different way. Hey. But some people minimize health things, like with your health okay. thing. Christina minimized me. I'll say this. Let me let me say this because I know I know Gail, and I know how she gets worked up about about health things because it was a really big deal for her to even set the appointment, and then it was a really big deal for her to go to the appointment, and then I already knew that there was like just in the languaging, and I was like, okay, and I was getting ready to actually text her back. And she's like, but every, then she texts me before I could text her back. And she's all, but everything turned out fine. And I was like, okay, so she's worked it out. She's went through the process already of the uptake. And now well, she's- Well, you're also an Enneagram seven. So yeah. you heard the word fine. Yeah. And then, <laughs> well, that's it too. you know. And then she's already come down. So we didn't have to process or anything. Like I wasn't in the moment with her. To whereas if I was in the moment with her, it would have been a whole different story. And that's why I kind of – well, I did – not kind of. I did just dismiss it. And when she said, you know, my feelings were hurt, I was like, oh, friend, I'm so – like, that is not – let me tell you what my brain was thinking. So that way you know that it, it had nothing to do with that. It just had to do with, okay, I knew you were okay. And that made me she okay. She just heard okay. Yeah. This but is I such got, a great example. I got a chance to tell her about the trauma of it and what other women go through and how upset I was for all. Because when you're sitting in a room and you know you flunked the first test and there's eight of you sitting there, you start to look at all those statistics you've heard. And I'm like, two of us are not leaving here with good news today. And it, it was a very so, stressful day. It, it Absolutely. And, and I think like the majority of your listeners have gone through that. I know I have. So this is such a great example, though, y'all are sharing with your listeners, and that is you have an opportunity to do it right if you screw it up. And if you think you're the one that screwed it up, so for example, in my book, I talk about when somebody was telling me about their dad had died, and she had a horrible father. Oh, my goodness. Terrible father. Mm. So I'm thinking... Mm. This was like, okay, you know, so, but just because I had processed it and thought, okay, this is, she was not at that level. So I did not come with empathy like I should have, because she was still going to grieve for this loss, even though this was not a good person. Mm. Okay. So I, when I realized, and you know how I realized it, and I put that in the book there, I realized it when I saw what she was posting all over Facebook. So social media can be a wonderful place for you to use as a validation. But when I realized that I had missed that boat, let me tell you, I went over there with card in hand, flowers, and stood out on her front porch and apologized. I love big time. That. I said, I have and something. And you know, this I falls under that ask, don't assume. Because mm-hmm. like I've had some situations like that, and the way I've handled it was to reiterate what I know, you know. Now, Elizabeth, I know you had a tumultuous relationship with your father. How are you feeling about all this? So I let her then, but it didn't, I let her know I remember what you've told me. Yeah. So I honored yep. her in that way. I remember the relationship. I'm going to honor that. But now you tell me before I say anything else, because I'm like you, Elizabeth, I can say things and make some, you know. They told well, me this, it, it you know. It, did. it was that I didn't express the condolence and yes. allow her to grieve. So I didn't say anything ill. It's just, I just, I wasn't, I didn't go with that depth that I needed to with like, 
this is horrible. Your father has died. See, I used to even go so far as to say, you know, say something that it may have not been awful, but it wasn't like what I would have wanted to say. I was, what I said was based on what I assumed. So when we can ask, and there's gentle ways we can affirm who they are and what we know, and then ask. But I want to end today with. Sure. When we need to step back from some relationships. I'm thinking midlife, we realize who those oh, relationships are. we end on a high are. note, Gail. Okay, we'll come up <laughs> with something, but I do want to make sure we cover this because I think it's important, not just how we make friends, but how we sometimes walk away from relationships. And some of us, we can do it with a lot of grace. So I'm wondering from you, the expert, what is the best way? Is it to just gently let that fade away? Is it to have a conversation? Is it, what's the best way with that? When someone, you just think, you know what? You've looked at these things like time, priorities, you know, the no-shows or the neediness. And sometimes, so let's, let me answer that. And then we are going to end on a high note because I like high notes. So, (laughs) so you need to see if you were the person that someone is fading away from. And a lot of times we don't want to see that because we want the relationship to. So you need to ask yourself, am I more invested in this relationship than this person? Has this person been fading away from me? Because am I trying to hold on to something that's really not supposed to be? And Because it may be they've already told you in so many words. Like you said, they canceled. They're not there. They didn't show up, blah, blah. I mean, okay, they, they've said to you. I'm not, you're not that important to me. And I'm sorry, but our relationship's fading. Are you trying to hold on to something? If they've been doing that to you all along, then yes, you do need to just let that fade away and you need to get over it. Um, if you push, and I've done that before because you think, okay, maybe just this, it's the wrong season. Maybe something's going wrong with them. Do I need to help them? And if you push for an answer, be prepared for the answer might not be the one you want, which could be, I'm sorry, we just have nothing left in common. Mm. You know, you, you don't work here anymore. You don't live here anymore. I just, or since, since I've, div- I'm making this stuff up, but since I've divorced, I have different friends or I'm not comfortable hanging out with your friends, you know, but just be prepared because they may give you an answer that you're not ready to do. So that's the second thing. Now, if it's somebody that you feel like you are at that point, then you do need to do the tips and tricks that we've done for the last hour here. And that is be very specific with them and say, hey, when I said this or I shared that with you, I it just left me empty. And I'm, you know, as a true friend, I expected something different from you. Is it possible you can be more of this? Or when we set up a date and then you cancel an hour before and I've taken time off of work or blah, blah, blah. That's not going to work for me. So you, so just make sure, and this is tip number three, that you are being very specific with this person to give them some clues as to why this is not working. Because guess what? If you were dating somebody, you would tell him. You wouldn't just like ghost him and then get mad at him. You would actually, but in friendships, for some reason, we don't kind of communicate that. And then the, the fourth tip I would say as far as relationships is that if it does get to the point that you've communicated with them and you were at the point that you're just thinking, this is just not working out for me, then you do have a choice to make. And I think it's better if you're honest with people and in some sort of a way that just say, you know, but it has to be convenient. You have to remember 
You don't want to leave someone brokenhearted over this because ending a friendship is like ending a relationship. Just like when you were dating, you're breaking up with Mm. somebody. And this is the biggest thing that I think women don't realize is that being broken up with, even when it's your friend, hurts. So you don't want to just be the person that moves away and then says, okay, well, got rid of that friendship. Now I don't have to do anything. So if you feel like you can't maintain it, like Gail, you had a friend. That just then just say you know what I I know right now I'm not going to be really good at being in distance relationships but I want you to know how much you've meant to me while I've lived here because what you're doing is you're preparing them so give step four here is prepare them that this is not working for you or and if you're and if you're just saying you know what I am just so busy at work right now I'm sorry but I'm just don't have the time to be catching up with you. And, you know, and I, and I just want you to know that I, you know, I value you and I hope you're going to be okay. And, but ease that in, just don't quit talking to somebody because that's when we tell ourselves stories like we've covered earlier in this interview today, because it's painful. We don't know. And we go back and ask ourselves, did I do something the last time I saw them? Was it me? How did I say something? Don't put somebody through that. Don't put it through that heartache and heartbreak. Give them some clues along the way and then just be specific with them. If you don't plan on seeing them, just just tell them, you know, your life is too busy. You can't fit this in. It's just, you know, and but you have to give them some clues. Now, the one time I can tell you this would be tip five. Everything I just said before does not apply if somebody has done something so egregious mm. It's against your values. It's against who you are and you will not put up with this anymore. In that case, you directly tell them. You have colored outside of the lines (laughs) one too many times. I love that. I love it. That's when you stand up and you stand up for yourself and you ask God to help you. And Mm. you just say, God, put the words into Mm. my mouth because it's like, this is, and I have, I have done that only twice, but I've said, look, you need to understand this is not how I roll. I, this is unacceptable, you know, and in this case, it was how they were treating other people. And it was like, I will not stand here and be part of this. And I, I do not care to see you again. Okay. So because of that case, then you're drawing a line in the sand and it's okay to do that. If it's so egregious, that it's something that you know, you've seen this in the person, you didn't yeah. want to admit to it and they're not changing and you know, it's not changing. And it's not because that they're just dumb to what they're doing. It's just, okay, so then you're not aligning. So that's tip five, okay? But let's end on a high note. Let's talk about now that you've done that, then learn from it. Mm. What are the values and characteristics of somebody that, what? and that's in my book, what is, make your list. And if you want somebody, Christina said wisdom, Mm -hmm. you want somebody who's wiser, you want Gail, you said funny, you want somebody who's Mm -hmm. funny. Like with me, I want somebody that's of faith. You know, it's like, it's like, I want somebody who's witty. I want to be with somebody smarter yes. than me. So I learned. For me, you got to be want honest. Adventurous, you know, but put those values and those qualities down that you want, because what you need to know is you need to know, okay, here's my top 10. And when you know what your values and qualities are that you're looking for, and then now you've shut the door or you've let a door gently shut and that door has shut on their own, you have space in your inventory. Like Gail talked about her rings, those rings, you have room in there for growth. So shutting the door is not a bad thing, but just remember there's a person involved in that and, and, and it's heartbreak. And I've stood there and cried many a times over that. So don't be that person that just thinks, well, I'm done with her. 
be be better than that and give them a clue unless it's step five like I said it was so bad but you know be kind but also pay attention is somebody trying to give you that signal and if they're giving you that signal it may be time to move on yourself don't wait until somebody slams the door on you Mm. okay in our (laughs) last minute I want each of us to give a tip for making a new friend because I know there's a lot of women out there that are lonely and feeling like that their world's not wrapped around their kids and stuff anymore, or maybe they've left a job. You know, there's a lot of reasons we might feel, you know, a deficit in this. So Elizabeth, one tip for making new friends. Smiling. So it's a warm smile, not a, not a, and I'm, when I'm illustrating, it's not just the big, bold smile, but give somebody a warmed up smile. Meaning when you first meet them, it's not a full smile. And as you're talking to them, go into a full warm smile. It's acknowledging you're with Mm. them. I love that. Christina? Well, I like ask for what you want. So ask for what you want. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a friend. I'm going to say this and y'all are probably going to disagree with me, but I think invite yourself. Oh yeah. There you go. If some of your friends or your friends doing something, just gently say and preface it with, you know, if it's not okay, let me know. But could I tag along with that? Is that something I could jump into? And so many times your friends are like, oh my gosh, like I had a friend recently say something about a trip to Germany. And I'm like, I would have gone with you. And she's like, I thought you didn't have a passport. I totally would have invited you. And I'm like, girl, my passport is up today. What are you talking about? So, you know, and another friend, I asked her a question lately and she's like, hey, you're, to- you're totally welcome to come to that. I didn't know if you'd want to or not. And, you know, so... People make a lot of assumptions. Be ready if it's not a fit for you to come and there's a reason. Prepare yourself for that. Be bold. You're not going to die. But some often people will say, sure, we would love to have you. And so, you know, get up your gumption, pull up your panties and like Christina, ask for it. Smile. And go. And 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 actually because I can't tell you how many times I've had people say that to me and then I invite them and then they, it's like, so if you've asked to be included, daggone it, then be included. And like you said, be a good guest, be and participating, be willing. I would say be willing to try something new. Be Don't willing. just, if you're have lunch and that person invites you to go play pickleball, just say, what the heck? Like you were talking about with tennis or camping. So gosh, Elizabeth, the book again is Collecting True Friends. It's a bestseller. Elizabeth Duncan Hawker. Get the book. It is. It is good. I love it. I wrote in it. I dog-eared pages. It's a fantastic read. And Elizabeth, we look forward to having you on again in the future. Oh, I'd be thrilled to. So, and it's on Amazon and get, get right to it. Reach out to me. If you come to ElizabethDuncanHawker.com, there's actually a free gift for you too. It's called The Seven Secrets to Effectively Connect Well everywhere, every time. And that's available to you. So if today was helpful with you ladies, then go grab that and you can print it out and do a a different step over one week and do take seven weeks and change your life. I'm so glad we got to have some time here. Thank you for inviting me back, ladies. It's always a blast. We are always glad to have you. Yes. And Christina, what do we always say? Until next time, go and get your moxie on. Bye. Bye now. (laughs) 